0: Welcome back ladies and gents digital world how you going to another spliced in later where today this week is going to be pretty busy I intend to see about three films this week which means if I stick to my guns you may get three movie reviews this week which is a lot of episodes on top of this one that's like four in a row four consecutive days so if you can barely handle me once a week I apologize. You don't have to listen to all the upcoming reviews, but just a heads up to be keeping an eye on this space because they are going to be coming fast and frequent. And then after this week, who knows, I may take a week to regain my senses and my brain. But we are sticking to our usual Tuesday episode as per normal because it is the right time to A, talk about something that just wrapped up and B, add to my ever-growing, expanding Marvel Cinematic Universe discussion review look at that i've been doing i started off with iron man a couple months ago i recently did the incredible hulk 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 but in the middle of all that wandavision wrapped itself up and i jumped on top of that once the show was over to officially give my opinion because with these mcu shows at least i found with wandavision and in certain other cases back with the old netflix shows and the abc shows these shows tend to start strong and then peter off towards the end They tend to have their high points and their low points, and it's really hard to give my overall opinion of a season or a show until it's over. I could have told you back when Luke Cage Season 2 was airing that that was a strong, solid season. It's great. It's the best thing I've ever seen. But it did drop the ball on the very last episode, which hampered my overall opinion of the show, as was the case with WandaVision. If you want to look into my discussion on that, it is up there in the podcast it is up there on the youtubes i believe there's a special mcu playlist with all the stuff i've talked about marvel before Vision was a very unique entertaining fun premise of a show involving wander and vision which got a little bit too ahead of itself was a bit confused about the messages it wanted to send an overall face planted on the finish line which absolutely ruined the overall opinion for me still a great show still enjoyed it but It left me with a bad taste in my mouth, which is not something a show wants to do when it wraps itself up. So, for today's episode, and to continue the countdowning trend for things of Disney Plus shows, we are going to talk about The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which just wrapped its six-episode run. And I'm going to say right off the bat that six episodes is a lovely amount for a show of this magnitude. Very long episodes... With far-reaching characters in all different places, there's a lot going on. Six episodes is just the right amount where the story doesn't get too stale, where the story doesn't seem to be spinning its wheels. Every episode looking back on this season, I think, was vital to the overall importance of the show. Some storylines might not have needed the six episodes, which unfortunately meant that there were a couple of episodes where storylines vanished off the board, whether it was... Bucky dealing with his post-traumatic stress with the father of a person he's killed or the unknown super soldier that Sam discovers living in Baltimore and getting his these Those, those storylines did vanish for certain points. They were always there, but they weren't front and center while all this other stuff was going on. But for the most part, the streamlined story of Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes and the things that they get up to in The Falcon and The Winter Soldier and the characters that are important to their specific story... John Walker, Carly Morgenthau, all of that perfectly contained in this six episodes. If a little shuffly towards the end, wrapping it up, I give it a lot more leeway than I did for WandaVision. WandaVision had plenty of episodes in time to wrap up its story properly, however it traded all that more for the gimmick of doing a sitcom of the week, which while entertaining ultimately sabotaged their opinion to tell a good story. They tried very hard with these six episodes to get this story across. Certain points they were bound to succeed, certain points they were bound to stumble a bit. But overall, I was very happy with this show and I was very pleased with seeing second-tier characters like Sam and Bucky get their time in the front. I enjoyed what was essentially a Marvel movie, just compacted into six episodes. This worked better as a TV show. No one could take these six episodes and put it into a movie. I do not think so because there are certain beats, certain storylines that come and go with each episode. If you put that in a movie, you would either you would probably be a little lost. You would probably have your brain explode trying to comprehend it all. But that's the benefit then of stretching it out over six hour-long episodes rather than a two to three hour movie. Now, jumping in right off the bat, we're going to get into this review quickly because I just said it's good and I enjoyed it, but let's not beat around the bush too much. The main purpose of this show was to tell the story of Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes. Basically, to give you a very brief... Summary of the show, it is a world, with slight spoilers for Avengers Endgame, it is a world without Captain America. Steve Rogers is long gone. He passed his shield off to Sam, but Sam is struggling with the burden of taking on that responsibility. He doesn't think he can live up to the reputation of Steve, so he passes it off to the government. The government, in turn, does a very wonderful thing and hands it off to their opinion of who they think should be the next, next Captain America. And surprise, surprise, it is not a black man. It is a very, very white man. John Walker, who is a very interesting character in the show, but I'll get to him in a minute. Now, of the two, this is definitely Sam's show. Like, Bucky has his own stuff going on, but this very much focuses on Sam Wilson's story arc of what he does with himself. Now, he's still an Avenger. He's still living in Steve's shadow. What does he do? How does he embrace being a superhero while addressing what it's like to be a superhero in modern life. It addresses concepts we've not looked at before, such as how do superheroes pay their bills? Do they do their superheroing for free? If they don't, how do they make money elsewhere? How are they looked in the public perception? Are you seen as your own hero in your own right, or are you seen as the sidekick of Captain America? And if Captain America is gone, what does the sidekick do? So all of that is Sam struggling with all that. Bucky alongside him as well. Bucky's got his own thing going on. With stuff we've already seen a lot mentioned in the Winter Soldier and Civil War, but certainly it's never been properly addressed. And that is Bucky's post-traumatic stress. The idea that, yes, he's not brainwashed anymore, thanks to the Wakandans, but he still has to live with the fact that he went out and murdered a whole bunch of people. And there are family members out there. There are people that are mourning the losses of people that he killed. And even though the government went, that's all, good man, you were brainwashed, don't worry about it. Bucky does worry about it. He's the exact opposite in Sam in that he misses Steve wholeheartedly, but he wants the image of Captain America preserved. And he struggles with the decisions and reasoning that Sam does. Sam also struggles with trying to explain to Bucky why he does the things that they do. Eventually, though, they come together to deal with this overarching threat involving a terrorist group called the Flag Smashers, led by Carly Morgenthau, who have all juiced themselves up with super soldier serum and are on the march. They want to take the world back to before this, Thanos' snap was reversed. Or the blip, as it's very weirdly referred to in the MCU. They don't like that now that everybody's back, they're trying to force the world to go back to the way it was, where people have their own lives, their own houses. It's a, it's a huge mess. It's something that never even occurred to me when Endgame was rushing along and Tony's like, we've got to fix everything but keep what we have it's it's a huge mess that essentially the world has to now deal with which i'm very happy that they're exploring that they're not just going and then everything went back to normal and all is fine meanwhile alongside sam and bucky doing all their stuff john walker as i mentioned earlier he's this this patriot man this soldier who's given cap shield and said you're a captain american now be as good as him and immediately, he's completely overwhelmed with the with the legacy that he has to live up to. He tries to be his own superhero in his own right. No one really takes him seriously, as he doesn't have the super soldier serum in his body. He is absolutely not the toughest kid on the playground, and there's, there's a lot there for him to deal with, which, of course, you can tell looking at Walker straight away that he is a self-conscious person. He will do whatever he can to achieve, but he also values very much what people think of him, which is not really the person you want with the Captain America shield taking on the Captain America Vigil. That's our main story involving our four main players in this show. What absolutely works for this is the relationship between Sam and Bucky. They do try a little to push it for our uh, buddy cop movies. Remember, they, they snicker and argue and they, they argue and fight, but they, they love each other and they, they come together when they need to. But not really. It's really mentioned in episode five, which I think perfectly summed up the relationship between the two, which is that they had a mutual friend in Steve Rogers. And now that he's gone, what does that make them? Not necessarily friends, not necessarily partners in crime. They definitely are not partners in crime, as they've said that many times. They don't want to fight together. They start the show not really wanting to see much of each other, to be honest. One, because they both remind each other of Steve, and two, because. They have certainly have baggage from the other movies. And just because you had a mutual friend that is now gone, that does not mean that you guys now have to be friends because he's not there. Which is interesting to see that relationship evolve and develop to allow Sam and Bucky to become their own friends in their own right. And Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan, wonderful chemistry together. Seeing their relationship evolve on this show was very believable. I understood it, I supported it. It never felt forced in any sort of way except for the snipping at each other every now and then I thought it was just, remember, buddy cop films. But otherwise, it was great stuff. And what's great is that Sebastian, Sam, Anthony, Mackey, they know really whose storyline it is, whose show it is. Bucky chose and try to usurp Sam's attention for all the pivotal points where Sam makes the progression to be the character he's going to be by the end of this show. Bucky takes a step back. Bucky supports him, which is great. It is good that it mainly is Sam's story because Sam has a lot of the storylines and the the problems in today's world that do need to be addressed, which is something that Sam and Anthony Mackie and all of that can be a symbol for, at least in this MCU world. Bucky still has a lot more of his story to tell by the end of this show. Sam's arc reaches a nice conclusion where you could now put him in a movie and his, his baggage and all that seems to be ready and gone. Bucky's still got some more healing to do. Bucky's got some Bucky's got some shit on his plate, so I'm happy with allowing that to simmer for a bit longer, and who knows what they're going to do with Bucky later on, but I'm interested, and I like that it wasn't forced down your throat. If you're familiar with Marvel Comics, you know right from the start who John Walker is and where his story progresses, and if you don't, that's great. But like, what's good about most MCU properties is that they don't take the direct route and they don't copy the comics verbatim. Walker might end up where he's supposed to be, as where he is in the comics, but he doesn't take that direct route. They do some things with the character, which I don't think they did with the comics. Sometimes they try to homage the comics a little too much, which is the really noticeable stuff, but otherwise, they worked really hard to make this this guy. Immediately when you meet him, you f- you immediately decide, I hate him, because A, he's not Steve, and B, he's not Sam. But with a show like this, they take the time to explore Walker's backstory, his his relationship with his wife his relationship with his best friend lamar who lamar is like his bucky in this show they go on missions together there's an incredible burden on walker he's not some smarmy guy that thinks he should be captain america he's been told he has to be captain america and he has to and he wants to serve his country he's a big old patriot he wants to do the right thing and inspire hope and be a hero because he's been told he's a hero so many times but The adventures he goes on and the things that happen to him mess with his mind and and his confidence so much that eventually he makes some decisions, which while not necessarily are in a villainous tone, are things which you can look at and go, right, that's, that's a man who's never going to stand by the Avengers and go, yeah, let's do it. Although, to be fair, Bucky stood by the Avengers and he was brainwashed to kill a whole bunch of people, so who knows? I don't know exactly what the criteria is to be an Avenger and what you can have done and what you can't have done, but suffice it to say, I don't think Walker's destined for that part. He is destined to be his own character, which, no spoiling for the show, you do find out what he's going to be by the end of the show, along with a secret cameo, which was not necessarily secret. They always like to announce that cameos are coming, but there's a character introduced into this show by a very, very prominent actor, and it's interesting to see where that is going. But And that's a point that had a problem with the finale, is that there are certain points where they decide, okay, we're done with these characters, so we're going to point them in the direction where we're going to pick up with them later, and then we're going to not worry about it. Walker has a very powerful moment in episode four, which, apart from some repercussions, isn't really an issue by the end of the show, or at least supposedly not. But no one embodies this point of view more specifically than the wonderful return of Daniel Brühl as Zemo in the show. Zemo being built up in the advertisement, Zemo's start-off in the show, and then where he eventually ended up by the end of it. Now again, Zemo is a very specific character in the comics, but the Zemo that we got in Captain America's Civil War was quite different. The show here brings Zemo back, he gets involved as like the wacky third character in the Sam Bucky dynamic. He's brought along because he's got knowledge of the Super Soldier Serum and Hydra and all of that, and for the greater good, he is able to provide information and assistance where no one else can. But they absolutely lean more into a a more quirky, sassy side of Zemo, which we did not get because before he was mourning his family tremendously. Now he's got a sense of humor. Now he's got a a, a sense of style with his wardrobe. He's got a butler. He's got an airplane. He dances in the nightclubs. Zemo, while strange to see his character pivot in that direction, was one of the definitely more entertaining parts of the show. I enjoyed Daniel Brühl really having fun with the Zemo role. Again, an issue with the comics is that he puts on his iconic blue mask from the comics for about four seconds just to do some stuff and it's not really known why he put on that mask specifically except for people to go, I know that, that's from the comics. But I, I let that slide because I also enjoyed seeing it and I did in my mind go, I know that from the comics. So they're playing for their audience, that's for sure. Zemo is very important, he provides some wise advice that's also a bit shifty because he's a villain to Sam and Bucky but then unfortunately around episode 4 and 5 again I don't know whether his role in the show petered out or they decided they were going to do something different with him but he's just shuffled off stage he's pushed to the side and with building him up in such a way and having him such an integral part of the plot and then having him go bye bye for a bit dissolve to non-speaking appearances in later episodes was a bit jarring and a bit, okay, this is that 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 this is that problem of planning ahead of the thing you've got. Everybody, while it's good to plant seeds for future movies and future shows, you should always focus most prominently on the thing that you are making, in this case, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. If you've got plans to do Zemo things and other things, if you've got plans for Walker to do things and other things, that's okay. You can hint at it but don't sacrifice the character arc and the character story because you want to deal with that at a later occurrence. Don't have Zemo get to a certain point and then go, "Ah, we don't know what to do with him, bye. Don't have Walker get to a point and go, we don't know what to do with him, bye. It's a small issue, but it is something that really made that final Falcon and the Winter Soldier quite jarring because they focus specifically on ending Sam's story for the show at the expense of literally everybody around him. I had to talk about the Flag Smashers as well, Carly Morgenthau. She was definitely one of the more interesting villainous characters that have come through the MCU. The MCU villains always do much better when they take the time to explain their motivations and to not outright say to your face, this is a villain, this is a bad guy, watch them do bad things. They allow you to see her motivations and her actions, and you do sort of go, I do understand your point, I relate to that. I don't agree with your methods because she does take some very violent methods, obviously. But her overall need to want to help people and to adjust life for people who are suffering as a result of being back from the blip or being accosted by the return of people from the blip—there's there's a lot there. She's not just "I want to cause terror because I'm a terrorist." It's it, there's there's definitely a good motivation behind what she's doing. Again, it's just her actions. That are wrong. And when it takes the time to sit down, as I said, well, I didn't say, there's a great scene with Sam and Carly in episode three or four, I think it's four, where they have a discussion about the motivations and Sam and Carly are sort of agreeing and disagreeing with each other, but they just can't see eye to eye on the correct way to go about with this stuff. Sam's obviously coming from a point where he's met a black super soldier who has been cast to the wayside he understands the plight of the of the of the insignificant and the neglected and all of that but blowing up buildings with people inside to make the point is where he cannot abide or or come to terms with and for most of the show they do that they let you go they show all these sympathetic scenes with carly talking with her friends her minions all of that and you very much know, okay, this is not someone who's being evil for the sake of evil. There's a point to it. There's a point to everything going on. But like division, unfortunately, you get to the last episode and the people behind the show who have allowed you for the last five or eight episodes, whichever show you're watching, to decide for yourself if a character is, is evil or good or somewhere in the team, in between. They then step forward and say, okay, I hope you had fun theorizing, but now this is how you should feel. And also wrap that story up. No more, no more theorizing. I don't care which way you were feeling about this character. You have to feel about this character in a certain way, which can be jarring, especially because a lot of the good villains in the MCU are then quickly removed off the board permanently. So you never get to really build on that. And six episodes was fun to meet this new character, but then to ultimately be told that it's still your standard villain is unfortunate for sure. There's there's plenty of other cameos in here as well. I don't want to talk about them all because it's nice to watch them and be surprised by them. One that I feel safe talking about is that Peggy's niece, Sharon Cardiff, played by Emily Van Camp, is in here fleetingly. She makes sporadic appearances throughout the show. Her role in the show is minimal in action. You're told a lot that her role is bigger than it actually is. I feel like taking her out of the show... Would change absolutely nothing about what was going on. There's also some Avengers cameos, some villain cameos, there's some there's stuff going on in 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 Wakanda and everything. There's 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 a lot happening here. But as I said, it all flows relatively well. Everything makes sense, everything moves from point A to point B in a relatively satisfying manner. It's just unfortunately the last episode being just a bit of a a bit of a mess where it it, it excels in some areas and drops the ball in another, which makes the overall experience, while still a million times better than WandaVision, still a bit jarring to to finish six episodes on. I do feel like the show wrapped up some storylines perfectly, and others just stopped and said, we'll see you at the next one. So, there's that. Overall, though, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, of the two MCU shows so far, is the better one by many, many leagues, headed by a very wonderful main leads in Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie as Bucky and Sam. Some wonderful supporting characters and in, in very interesting arcs in terms of Wyatt Russell's John Walker, Aaron Kellyman's Carly Morgenthau, and of course Daniel Brühl as Zemo. If, unfortunately, some balls are dropped, <laughs> that's okay, because I do appreciate what I got while we got it as well. Wonderful action. This We're getting to a point now where it's raising the bar for TV shows. The opening episode has a bit where Sam's going after a terrorist flying around the canyons in his suit and it looks like a movie. So the effort being put into making these shows look very believable and good with their CGI and their stories and their actors and everything is top notch. I was skeptical about Disney Plus shows. I I also don't like that they are on Disney Plus, but as it stands, the quality for these shows, regardless of their execution and, and sloppiness in some certain areas, has still been top nuts tremendous stuff, to the point where I look at other shows out right now, and I unfortunately find myself going, this looks a little shit, but only because they don't have the millions of dollars put into them that something like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier has. I give the Falcon and the Winter Soldier a solid 9 out of 10, it would have got the full marks except for the, the as I said, the the story arc issues and some, some confusing pacing issues and me wanting more than I actually got in that last episode but it was still a fun ride I looked forward to every Friday to watch a new episode and now that we have a little bit of a Marvel drought before Loki starts in June I'm going to miss it that's for sure so there you are I hope you've enjoyed if you have watched The Falcon and the Winter Soldier and you agree with me let me know if you don't agree with me let me know if you haven't seen it yet I highly recommend it go check it out it's all out now so you can binge watch it all in one go you binge watch it in a day easily and um, you'll be able to decide for yourself if it's worth it. I think it is. I think it does justice, especially to Sam Wilson and his role going forward in the MCU. And I look forward to see what they do of him now that the show is over. All right, well, okay, so here's the thing for the rest of the week, I'm seeing movies. So possibly tomorrow evening there will be another episode, possibly on Thursday there will be another episode, and possibly on Saturday there will be another episode. I'd like to say it would be on Friday, but I don't know if I will get around to watching the particular movie and then be able to put a review up at a reasonable time because I am an old man and I am often tired. But I hope to be checking in with you across the week then. Uh, Look out for these reviews and please listen to them so I don't feel like I've wasted my time making these reviews. But also, if you don't want to, that's also fine. I love you all anyway. But thank you all for listening. Watch The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I love and appreciate you. All that jazz. You've been spliced in later. Adios, muchachos. I'll catch you next time.